Hi everyone, this is Tony Clark. I hope you and your family are having a safe and enjoyable Labor Day weekend. I want to thank Libertyville High School head wrestling coach Dale Edgert for being part of this podcast. Coach Edgert is sharing his viewpoints on wrestling officials, rule changes, and the sport of high school wrestling. I hope you and your family continue to stay safe and healthy, and I hope to see everyone on the wrestling mats again soon. Thank you, everyone, for joining tonight's podcast. I'm your host, Tony Clark. Today, I have the privilege with uh, doing an interview and, and sharing some thoughts and comments with uh, taking the time to do this for us. Glad to do it. I don't know if a lot of people know not only that about you. It's It's been a long time, and I don't think I've wrestled a ref a high school match in the 90s. I think all my officiating was was done in the 80s, but I had done multiple years of uh, freestyle Greco-Roman up until probably the mid-2000s when they started uh, paying guys, which is fine with me because I'd rather coach when I go to those meets anyway, but I've, uh, I've had a whistle in my hand a lot. Yeah, and uh, I know a lot of the uh, officials who've, who've grown up in the sport have uh, grown used to seeing you out there. They're used to seeing you at... Uh clinics during the year. Um, I think a lot of people, and I'll speak for most of the refs and a lot of my clinicians, um, we, we kind of see you as like a uh, an ambassador, you know, as a coach and as a person who really um, gets the rules. You know, we look at you that way clinics and listening to from your viewpoint and the things that you bring to the table when we're trying to uh, teach the new officials, you know, how things should be looked at. And you and I over the years have had lots of conversations, lots of video reviews uh, just to try to make sure we, you know, everybody gets the understanding. So uh, I'll throw that out there now. And I, I, if I forget to say it later, I really have appreciated um, the back and forth learning that, uh, I get when dealing and talking with you. So I really appreciate that. You know, I really appreciate um, the ear that I'm, I'm given when I go to those clinics. Uh, you know, I want to keep my officiating uh, certification up. That's, that's part of it. But I really do enjoy the fact that you guys like having a coach there. And um, I got to admit, I couldn't ask for, for more of a platform than what you guys give me. So thanks right back. All right. So one of the first questions and uh, not to put you on the spot, but, uh, you know, we're in a, we're in a uh, different time that I don't think anybody, especially us, ever thought would, would happen in our lifetime. Uh, we're in jeopardy of not having a wrestling season. So I just want to get your uh, take on that. Well, obviously, there's so many unknowns, but um, hey, I've made it clear to my athletic director and um we don't have it in November. We want to have it in May. We want to have something uh, so we can say we had a 2021 season. I gotta, I'd have to say that odds are right now are not very good for November, but I could see things clearing up by May. Uh, I'd like to have that option. I really don't want it for March because I don't want to compete with football. Uh, I think a lot of wrestlers would choose football first. Um, but if they said that's the only time we could do it, I'd, take March too, because I just want to have something for 2021. Yeah. From your standpoint, um, what do you see is, is, is having a safe practice? I mean, you know, can you have a, a practice with, with contact and social distancing? 
Um, will this change how long you practice? Just what are the adjustments do you see yourself making if they do let us have a season with some restrictions? You know, with a sport like wrestling, I don't see them having a season unless they go, hey, you're you're wrestling a guy. Of course, you're not social distancing. Um, there really wouldn't be many restrictions, honestly. I, are there, I, I should say there shouldn't be based on the fact you're already wrestling with the guy. Um, then to go over to the corner and put your mask on while you're sitting out, I, I don't really see the point. But I'm sure... You know they gotta they gotta cover themselves liability wise. I'm sure they'll probably make some adjustments, but if we have a season, I say let's just have a season. Yeah, because some of the guidelines, like uh, I've been looking at the guidelines from the official standpoint, uh, mostly from the fall officials, which um, I have a feeling if we don't clear this up fully, like you said, you know, let, let's just get at it. Um, we may have some restrictions as refs, like you, like you mentioned, wearing a mask. Um, one of the guidelines I see right now is we would, we would wear a mask anytime we're off mat, but not on mat. Uh, they're looking at moving us to an electronic whistle versus the, uh, the mouth whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not going to be there to, to police social distancing. We would leave that up to the whole school. Um, I'm like you, I want to get back to some kind of competition um, right now, if we were to have it, I mean, clearly there are some limitations as far as we can't have more than two events. You know, you as a team couldn't compete in more than two events. You can't have more than three teams at an event. I mean, that you know, when I look at it, we call that a double duel, you and I, because right. one team would always sit out. Uh, could you see us coming back? in that type of situation where we're not doing more than a double duel. Cause right now they said tournaments are out of the question. Right. Yeah. That that's um, if we do start in November, uh, that would be the format that we're expecting. And I know people are trying to line up uh, double duels um, or trianglers. I should say um, our conference actually has not uh, started scheduling yet. They're going to wait till mid September and have a conference um, winter sports scheduling meeting but they are committed to having a conference um, conference championship series, which I'm very happy for, with a you know a conference championship team and all conference wrestlers. I think that would be at least something that'd be nice to have, since chances are we're not going to have a state tournament. Um, so if that's what we have, we'd be willing to do that. Okay, that'd be interesting because uh, North Suburban. I know we. Uh... We did away with the conference championship a couple of years ago when things split up. You guys kind of have what we call that Lake County uh, tournament to to kind of get together with the other half of what used to be the full North Suburban Conference uh, team. So we'd be going back to like, you know, what, what I remember is the old days. I remember wrestling in North Suburban and uh, I think we had eight schools. You know, we got out there and got it done. Right. Right. We had the, you know, we had the conference dual meet schedule and it used to be half of that and half of the tournament would determine the conference championship and then we decided you know what let's just have the dual meets decided and then go to the lake county where we're going to get more you know more competition 16 17 teams instead of uh the 18 conference tournament which didn't appeal to anybody makes those conference dual meets very exciting and uh we will definitely be doing that this year if we you know if we can have that season 
Yeah, well, that'll be uh, more to come on that. Um, I've seen the proposal to uh, move us down past the football, so we're not conflicting with football. Uh, move us about eight, nine months down the road, which gives us a better chance of yeah. competing and hopefully having some kind of state series. Right. That's the hope. Yeah. So um, let's get to some of the fun stuff. Uh, same thing I've asked people in the past um, with your vast experience. How have you seen, and we're going we're gonna to concentrate on the officiating real quick. How have you seen the officiating thus far? Um, have you seen us progress? Have you seen us, uh, you know, get better? You know, what what is what is your take on it right now? Yeah, I uh, can't say enough for uh, how much progress the officiating's made. I know you guys are having you know a lot more meetings, not just the preseason clinic, but there's been a lot of discussion that you guys have had. Um, I know that when issues pop up, everyone is filled, um, kept abreast on those. Uh, I've been very pleased and I don't know if I'm going to get the chance to do it now or maybe later, but um, I'd like to make a shout out to one of my favorite officials, Jason Heyerdahl. And I know that he has come as far as a guy can come in five years. And I know he's done it through, he's just, he's everywhere. You know, he's always asking questions. And if I have, if I approach him, he is, uh, I, I have his ear and, and he, he wants to get better. He doesn't take it personal. Uh, I know a guy can come a long way in a short time with, uh, with the right attitude and putting in the amount of time. And you guys provide that platform for someone to uh, make that kind of progress. Um, and it's very interesting, uh, as, as you call it, having an official's ear. So that'll lead up to this next question. What do you look for in an official that's going to come and work a varsity match at Liberty Libertyville High School, or just work a varsity match for your team, be it home or away. Um, well, I, I will also say this: you know, I've heard a lot about uh, the official shortage, but boy, we have never been shortchanged on our varsity officials. I think it's. I, I was thinking about that after listening to your interview with Shane, um, where uh, we were assigned said, Tony, I don't think that guy's ready for varsity. Ever since that time, every guy that's ever come has been just quality. And that, um, you know, I think uh, composure is certainly one, someone that's not going to get rattled and um, take things out on a team or a, or a kid. I think that's really important. Obviously knowing the rules, but like I say, that hasn't been, been an issue. So if you, if you talk about an issue, the, the officials always um, always know what you're, ta- you're talking about. They may see it a little different, uh, whatever had transpired, but they know what you're talking about, and you're going to have a conversation on it. Um, I would add, and I don't get this from every official, um, but I, I like an official whose calls are very crisp. I don't like an official who kind of takes his time calling it because things change quick, and if a guy's got it, I want the official to call it right away instead of going, whoops, no, you know, he calls it slow and then has to pull his hand back because now if he called, he'd look like the village idiot. I, I, I want, I want points and I want him coming up right when a guy gets them. That's some of the things I'm, I'm looking for. Great. Great. Um, and thank you. Uh, I know the officials who do work your matches uh, um, appreciate, you know, your approach. Um, when you do come over and have a question or 
you know, you want to talk after maybe the meet's over. Uh, a lot of people do appreciate your approach. Uh, you've always been willing to say, hey, you know, I can send you the video. Uh, we can have further conversation, you know, review it. Tell me what you thought. So uh, a lot of people do appreciate that. They really, really do. Um, I had to do it. Because it's a, it's a learning process for us all still. Right, right. Um, you, you happened to send me a clip uh, earlier today. From what was it, 2007, 2009? Uh, 2009. I happened to be making a little project today and came upon that takedown. I'm like, Tony, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> yeah, so real quick, I mean, the people can't see the clip, but go ahead and explain what you saw in the clip. Well, it was, it was overtime, and uh, my guy had a shot dropped into his butt, and um, he had him squared up on his butt. The guy wasn't leaning with the whizzer. He was just kind of reaching over the top. And it's true that my guy continue to climb um it was a 17 second or a 19 second clip i thought my guy had him at what i said in the email was i thought my guy had him at the eight second mark when he was in between the guy's knees had his hands maybe around his butt maybe not higher than his hips i thought that should have been a takedown but then he proceeded to get him above the hips and now his heads it's off to the side it is off to the side, but just the fact that the guy was squared up on his butt, I thought it's take down right away. And then uh, you call it the 17-second mark when a guy kind of gave it up. Um, that's one of those deals where I, I I think he's got him when he's squared up on his butt. Yeah, and I looked at the clip, and I could not. You know, that's the problem with being around too long. I could not remember the mindset because there was a time when our mindset said in overtime – Make sure it's there. You know, that was one mm -hmm. of our philosophies. And I couldn't remember what year that was drilled in our heads. Because uh, clearly, if I had that situation in the last, you know, 10 years, pretty close. Because it was 2009, you said. So it would have been 10 yeah. years ago. So I'll say probably in the last five years, we are quicker to give that takedown. I know I am. Um, yeah. You know, once control's established, hey, I, I can't. Like you said, you can't look like a, you know, you don't want to look goofy. Um, waiting too long. So I looked at it and says, yeah, once he split the legs, you know, and started moving up around and it, controlling those hips, it, it was it was a done issue. So I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember why I would have waited. I looked at my positioning. I wasn't out of position. I could see nope. everything clearly. Right. Um, right. But I was waving no control. So I, you know, whatever was in my mind, it was in my mind at the time. But again, I mean, that's a, it's just a clip that, uh, I would, I would show today to mm -hmm. say, don't wait this long to make the call. We're, we're, this is overtime. We, yeah. we score and we move on. Yeah, you, you know what I think happened was, I, I think it was, uh, there was discussion, yeah, uh, probably in the uh, early 2000s, where in overtime you got to make sure that the guys got them. I understand that. What I, but I would say the call should be, in my mind, the minute I see it, he's squared up on his butt, we got both legs. I'm in my mind. I'm going to go 1,001, and then I'm going to hit two right away because yeah. the guy could have wiggled out. Uh, he had more than that 1,001, and I'm going to say if it doesn't change in 1,001, it's probably not changing. At least not right away. It may eventually, and I think that would be too bad if a guy loses one or he's held him for 1,001. Yeah, and I was looking at it, and I was trying to say, you know, I was trying to even look to see, you know, what was the opponent? Was he trying to apply some kind of crotch lift? to try to get himself out of the situation. I couldn't really see what his hands were doing. Just reaching over. He just locking over, over the waist. Yeah. Okay. So he was just trying to stop the inevitable, really. Right.
right. from happening. So yeah, no. So I, I looked at the clip and it just it's just one of those throwback clips to where you know I'll 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 throw it to our uh, our team of clinicians and you know I, I know already you should have called two at the seven second mark. Mr. Edgar was wrong. It didn't take eight. It was seven, you know, but I'll throw it out to the guys, you know, just so they can look at it. And, you know, it may show up in uh, one of our, you make the call videos. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Cause that's one of the things we tell people, you know, it just, you know, we have to have thick skin as officials. Uh, You have to be able to, you know, either defend or, or at least admit, wow. Yeah, you're right. I probably could have done that better. You know, we have to have that in our, in our bag of tricks because, we're not perfect. Uh, like you said earlier, we, we sometimes see things different. It's just, it's all about angles and positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the life of me, I, I just don't remember. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if I was tired sure. or what, but yeah, it was clearly two. I mean, I'll admit it. And those that did, that'll see the clip down the road, they'll understand, man. Yeah. That was two like days yeah. ago, you know, <laughs> um, what were you waiting for? But uh, no, no. And, 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 and again, I appreciate uh, when you do find those clips, and uh, you pop them out there to us because we do get them and circulate them and, and we're learning from them. I mean, you know, we're teaching that next generation, you know, just because we're on a state floor does not make us infallible. We, it sure. does not. We uh, we have to humble ourselves in, in that regard. So um, let's talk about some of the rule changes okay. that have come along. So um, I'll do reverse. Normally, I, I will start with things in the past and, and say how is how it's going but today i want to do things a little bit in reverse so we have finally if we have this season gotten rid of the hair length rule we're no longer going to worry about how long your hair is in front the back or on the sides and i know you you came up through that clean cut era i came out of that clean cut era of you know your hair had to be you know almost a military style cut to be acceptable. So uh, how do you feel about that? And do you think that's going to uh, attract more wrestlers to our sport? No, I don't think it'll attract more wrestlers to the sport. I think if a guy wants to wrestle uh, bad enough, he's going to have his hair match, whatever you, uh, whatever the guidelines say, I'm, I guess in the back, I really don't care. I guess down the side, I really don't care. But I really, in fact, I'm even considering holding my team to having the hair, the, the, the hair not over the eyebrows. Because I don't want them, when they're supposed to wrestle, wiping hair out of their eyes. Um, I certainly was never a big fan of the cap. I told our guys, we're never wearing caps. But um, then I had a girl this year. And she wanted to keep her hair. And I go, well, then you're going to have to braid it. And that worked out pretty well, actually. Hair was out of her eyes. And um, she looked like she's ready to wrestle. So I guess um, I, I'm torn. I, I, I don't see it as helping. But uh, I'd rather our guys look pretty good. So I'm kind of on the fence on this. I think I'm going to stick to your hair's got to be out of your eyes. And that's a... Uh a good point because part of our teaching in the clinics this year, um, if the wrestler chooses to wear their hair down on their face, we're not, we're not stopping action. We're not calling timeouts because your hair, your hair is, is impeding you because you, you had a choice. Your coach had a choice. You could have put a cap on it. You could have, like you said, braided it, use the hair control device. So we're not going to use that 
as an excuse to uh, to take a takedown or or some kind of scoring maneuver away from uh, from the opponent. Um, you said something about uh, having a female, um, and I and again correct me if I'm wrong in this. Weren't you? I know in Lake County, you you probably had the first female varsity wrestler. Yep. In in, in, in our time. Okay, we, we had a bunch of firsts. In 1992, we had the first Illinois girl. Uh, she then wrestled some varsity her junior year in 1993. Uh, her, soft, her senior year in 1994, Margaret Legate, she did not get any varsity matches, but was pretty dominant on JV. The following year, uh, we, we got a freshman, Manny Thompson, who was a runner-up in the JV conference tournament. Her sophomore year, she won the JV Conference Tournament, and then she was the first girl in Illinois to qualify for sectionals as a junior and then uh, repeated that honor as a senior. So three firsts there. Yeah, and I had to need to ref uh, both of them back then. And it, it was. It was groundbreaking for us uh, to see that. And I'll tell you what, I think we've come a long way from when they broke through to where we are today because I very, you know, I have to, I don't see them as female male wrestlers. I just see now. And I think a lot of people's mindset has just said, Hey, we got a wrestler out here competing. Right. right. Um, so we'll talk more about girls as we go through. Um, so we now have instituted a rule as if your shoe comes off during wrestling action, we're going to hit you with a technical violation, give your opponent a point, the appropriate point, and charge you an injury time to put your shoe back on because the committee's feeling is a shoe that's laced to the top and tied and secured properly shouldn't come off during wrestling. I I read that rule today. And I, I, I got my officials packet today and saw that. Um, I'm actually not in favor of that because um, – I, I think it should. I, I like the stall call. I think uh, stall call would. I, I'm not convinced of technical violation. One of my state qualifiers this past year was in the Lake County Invitational Finals, and uh, I don't not saying the guy tried to pull his shoe off, but he happened to have his hand on his shoe, and his shoe did come off. But the shoelaces were still tied, so the officials talked about it and said, "Well, the shoelaces are tied, so I don't think we can hit him with stalling." But honestly, I thought the stall call was a pretty good call uh, for that because I, I truly believe my guy is smart enough to tie his shoes as well as he could have, and yet his shoes still came off. And I could see guys going for it, actually. And, and maybe it's his brand issue. I don't know. You know, maybe some shoes, if they're tied as tight as they could be. Uh, that's, I, I saw where it said most wrestlers don't tie it up to the top. Well, if they didn't, if they didn't, did not tie it up to the top, then shame on them. But if they got it tied up to the top, it still might come off in my mind. So a stall call, I think, is a good call. I wasn't uh, in favor of the technical violation, and I wasn't in favor of the injury time being used to fix it. Okay. Um, there's going to be another rule change. Uh, we used to call this double jeopardy, where you could flee the mat, score the flea point, and if you were successful in completing the takedown while your opponent was on the other side of the boundary line, we would award you the two and the one. It didn't happen often, but now the committee has changed that uh, rule that says if you score the takedown 
um, you're not going to be awarded a flee the mat. It's going to be similar to you can't get a flee the mat call once near fall near fall points have been earned. Uh, and I know again we don't see this that often, but what, what's your thought process there? That is uh, very smart. I thought that was a really good move because what is the point of going off the mat if you're already up on your feet or you're moving, even if you're down on the mat, only to get a restart? That makes absolutely no sense. So that is a really good move in uh, my mind. Okay. Um, we're also now, during any scoring uh, situation, if the wrestler who's about to be scored upon says, hey, ref, I'm injured, then the referee can stop the match immediately to tend to the injured wrestler, but we're going to give an intimate scoring. So if it was a takedown, we're going to score the two. If it was an escape, we'll score the one. Uh, we already have a rule in place that handles the near fall. If it's a reversal and we don't let it finish, we're going to score it as two, but it's going to be really a judgment call on the referee. If they felt that that score would have been intimate, had they not stopped it because the wrestler uh, felt they were in distress. Um, you know, it's just we're just going to give that automatic point. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that one? Well, especially since it's already been in in effect with the near fall, that's just a great move. Uh, for I've seen that happen with takedowns, and absolutely, I think it should be um, a, a takedown. And I think most refs, now that they have the green light to do it, will call it a lot more than they won't. So good rule. Yeah, and. No. It was a lot of discussion um, about that at the committee level to try to level that playing field. And, and now we're hoping that it will, because um, a lot of refs were hesitant if that wrestler was injured to make a decision um, because they didn't want to take a scoring opportunity away, but then they didn't want to be wrong on the other end. So this just gives everybody a, a better, better procedure to just follow score you know right. stop it make sure everybody's good and and score it accordingly right and and yeah you have to stop it right away when a guy says he's hurt you'd hate to be wrong on that and now you're leaving stop it even quicker knowing that you can call two right away so right cool. and get and get people over there um really those were the real major ones that are gonna come down there's gonna be some editorial things out there and uh stuff like that so um, let's tackle the the change from a couple of years ago where we're allowed the two piece uniform. How now that it's been out there a while, did you see that? Because the intent of that was to offer uh, new wrestlers another option to try to promote the sport and to get uh, people to try it who were adverse to you know. You always heard that I don't want to go out there and wear tights and. You know, I don't want to wear that 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 singlet. Um, that was always an excuse that people were hearing, and that was the day that it came to the committee. So how do you feel about that switch, or the, not the switch, but the option to wear that two-piece uniform? You know, I think it's fine. Um, I definitely don't think, it, at least at the high school level, I don't think it's going to get more people doing it than um, if you didn't have it. I could see that having a positive impact on the junior high level. Um, we don't wear two pieces. I don't think they look good. Um, I like the singlets. I, nothing's easier than that. You don't have to adjust the singlet. It's just plain on. I see guys having to tuck, you know, their shirt in and pull their shorts up. Um, not, not a fan, but I'm okay with it. 
I just don't think that's going to get people out on the high school level. That would ordinarily not come out. Like the hair. I think if you want to wrestle bad enough, you'll, you'll wear a singlet. But I'm okay with the rule. Yeah. Um, I know there's a couple of track teams out there where um, the wrestling team probably went to the to the two-piece singlet, and the track teams took the <laughs> – Two piece uniform. The track team took the singlets because they call them windsuits. They don't call them singlets. Yeah. They call them windsuits. Right. I've um, seen them. They look. They look good. I don't know. Yeah. But if they can wear them, why can't the wrestlers? Yeah. I know. So it, it's the ultimate in recycling. You know, one group says, "Yeah, we want to move on to something more progressive," and then here comes the track team who always wore uh, that tank top and shorts. Oh, right. look at that singlet. That looks nice. Yeah. And we're just going to call it a windsuit and move on. I mean, it, it, right. so things change. It's really, it's, it's just funny how they change. Right. Um, one of your favorite topics is stalling. Uh, so let's talk about how do you think we have progressed, especially with, you know, now we, well, let's just start with, we're trying to make the wrestlers stay in bounds. If you can't find a way to stay in bounds, uh, we're 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 making that stall call from the neutral position a lot quicker, um, you know. And the push pulls. I want to hear how you see it both ways. The wrestler who who goes out, are we? Do you feel we're we're, we're starting to get that right? And how do you feel about the wrestler that pushes out? I know you and I have had a lot of conversations there. Are we getting closer to balancing that call? You know, um, we had mentioned numerous times my biggest issue was with the rear stand, five-second stall call, which was never official. But as you know from the tape I gave you years ago, it was definitely being called in exactly five seconds. And I thought that was just a horrible uh, way it was going. But I get why the officials were calling for it because the coaches are always asking for it because their guy just got nailed in the previous match. And it was turning around some matches that – it really did not need to turn around. My biggest beef from that one was, okay, if you really want to call five seconds, call five seconds. Um, we know the rules. We'll play by them. But in the meantime, some high school guys that were not good in the rear standing and knew they couldn't finish the guy in five seconds were either cutting the guy and not even trying or pushing him out of bounds. And the officials were letting him get away with pushing him out of bounds. But if they stay in the center and actually try, but they don't really know how, so they're not really working it that quick, they're getting called for stalling. So the rule that you guys made where you said, hey, uh, you push a guy out of bounds and you are getting called, I think was really good. To be honest with you, though, it's better now, but I think you can clean it up a little bit. For example, there were guys that got called for stalling that were legitimately trying to take a guy down, not really knowing uh, where the out-of-bounds line was. We had a guy get called for stalling from a really good official. He was performing a front trip um, just inside the circle. He tripped the guy forward. They went out. And he got called for stalling. He goes, I just performed a front trip, you know, and I, I go, you're right. And you and I have talked about if a guy is doing, I don't have a problem with a guy doing a legitimate uh, rear stand finish um, and they go out of bounds. I don't have a problem with that. My problem is when the guy is pushing and the front stand guy is legitimately digging his heels in or trying to turn back in and then they're going out of bounds that should be stalling automatically. And I know that's the way the rule is. I think we need to get a little bit uh, better 
at exactly when to call it. And honestly, if you weren't sure, although I'm pretty sure when the front guy digs his heels in uh, and they still go out of bounds, you know he got pushed. Or if the guy turns back in and all of a sudden they're backing out of bounds, he got pulled. To me, that's beyond obvious. But um, a nice little um, maybe not no, no call and a verbal uh, that's close to be installing. You better stay in the center. I think I think that would be very helpful, much more helpful than calling a guy who does legitimate rear stand finish and they go out of bounds and it gets called. So are you seeing us calling more stalling because we see someone out of bounds? Yes. Do you think we're, we're calling too much there? Yes, but it's okay. still better than what it was with the unofficial but official five-second stall call on the rear stand guy no matter what he's doing. Okay. Uh, how about our match stalling? Are, are you seeing more consistency um, with you know how we're treating uh, the bottom wrestler who's not working to escape or reverse? And, and are, are we doing a better job on the top wrestler who's just riding and, and not looking to score? You know, my my biggest thing, I, yeah, I don't have any complaints there. I guess my biggest thing is, and we've talked about this for for years as well, when the top guy has got his guy in his belly. You know that I used to say that five second rear stand call should be on the top guy who's got his guy in his belly and won't get off to the side. To me, you know if he's riding parallel, he can't turn him, and you know that he's making it a lot harder for the bottom guy to get up. So the top guy needs to get off to the side. You want five second call on that one? I'm I'm all in favor of that. Um, If he's off to the side, there's really not a whole lot in my mind the guy can do to get called for stalling, the the top guy. The bottom guy, there's really not a whole lot I think he can do to get called for stalling if he's not grabbing wrists and holding them, if he's not balled up on the bottom. Um, as long as he's keeping a base, I don't think the top guy should get, the bottom guy should get hit. And if the top guy's off the side, I don't think he needs to get hit. We'll just jump the flea here. You, you, you've given us some good things on this stalling. How are we doing? Are we doing a better job with the flea as a whole? Yes. And I think it all started when you started warning guys for stalling uh, when they're in the, in the rear stand, uh, when, when they go out of bounds. As I talked to you uh, in the past, before that rule, I said there's got to be and – I, and I told you one time I watched you in a state tournament, and there was a guy that um, made a legitimate attempt – uh, at the edge of the mat, but they started in the center. He legitimately pulled them uh, to the end, to, uh, to the edge, and then tried something that took him out of bounds. You call him for stalling. He gives you a, uh, you know, some exasperated face, but then as he turns his back on you, he kind of smirks because he knows that you knew exactly what he's doing. He got, he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And I said to have nothing or was really bad it, you have to have something in between which it wasn't official what you 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 did but you can call stalling whenever you want i thought it was a great call and now that you got something in between i think it's good but now i think you're seeing more fleas than what you did before you put in the stall when you go out of bounds on the rear stand so i think that's good yeah because last year we changed the definition of a flea if if there was if there would have been a score and you cross that boundary line, we had, we, we, the committee felt that offensive wrestler or that wrestler that was trying to score 
shouldn't walk away empty-handed because right. to leave that boundary line is a is a conscious effort. You have to work to get there. Um, unless you're being pushed or you've been pulled out of bounds, so um, that's good to hear that we're uh, you know you're, as, as a coach you're seeing a little bit better consistency yeah. from us. Just there. much much more conscious of it, and that's all we really ask. You'll 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 get it right if you're if you're thinking. You'll get it right most of the time if you're thinking about it, and yeah. you are. Now, how do you feel? Uh, a couple of years ago, I mean, we're still we're still practicing with this when we allowed more scoring at the edge by changing the definition of a supporting point, we, we are allowing them to wrestle a little bit further out, but just enough to keep them safe. Yeah. That's, that's such a move in the right direction. And, you know, I've always said, man, the more points you get in a match, the more aggressive the wrestlers will be when there's low scoring matches and everything they try is getting called out of bounds then as the match goes on, they're going to get more and more defensive. But if points are flying, uh, they're like, you know what? I might as well score because uh, rep officials scoring them. Uh, so good move. I, I I could see going as far as if you have enough space on the edge, um, if you got one foot in and you got them, I mean, you got the guy nailed on a takedown, that's score it uh, as long as you got room. And um, it's almost like, I'm, I, you know, if, 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 I, if you land out of bounds and you're safe, like there, there's no risk of hitting anything and uh, your, your, your first toe slid off the mat, but everyone in the gym knows you got them, score it, you know, get more points. Yeah, and I, I, I had a lot of conversations with you and other coaches, you know, let, let's reward the, the effort, yep. um, not worry so much because we're going to get it right, we're going to get it wrong as long as we can be consistent in, in, in trying to, to reward that wrestler. Um, Cause I think you always said, you're not going to get a lot of coaches. They're going to run over to the table and, and argue the call. They're, they're going to know that their guy got had, they're not going to sit there and go his, his, his uh, one toe was out of bounds. It's not a takedown. They'll never say that. And he, I mean, cause they, first of all, they know you, you say, well, that's not how I saw it. And what are they going to say? Because they know their guy got, got taken down. And I've always said, err on the side of scoring points. Even if you make a mistake once in a while, if you're erring on the side of scoring points, that you know both guys are going to be aggressive and better chance of getting back in the match anyway. Um, and part of that is now we allow them to score near fall on the other side of the boundary line and be pinned. Uh, how do you see that rule change? Same thing. Great move. You know, you're still wrestling. You got them. You got them. So start scoring it. Start pinning them if, if, if you got them. That's been a really good move. And those are some of just uh, the major things that I, I, I try to ask uh, refs and coaches uh, just to see how we've progressed. Um, and like you had alluded to, we, we do have a uh, pretty extensive rim. And uh, hearing you guys' opinion, you know, helps us gauge you know, is that training program coming along? Because you and I came along uh, in a time period where we didn't have this aggressive uh, training. Our, our training was baptism by fire right. Um, right? most of the time. And so you had alluded to like a guy, uh, Jason Hyredall, who understood the sport as a, as a coach and a, as an athlete. And then he made the, the cut over to uh, become an official as he's made him, you know, made his way down state. Like you said, he, uh, he, he got out there, he was working kids, he was working junior high, he worked high school to, uh, to hone um, the knowledge he had, he, had, he had gained 
to try to get himself elevated up to that top level. So, you know, we have, you know, we have some success stories. Uh, we have a, we have a new official who's, I think he's going on his third year, Nima, as he's known. Uh, he's another one. He's a sponge. And I know you've had him uh, at some of your contests. You've seen him around. And he's another guy that's benefiting from our uh, training programs. And he's really, really gung-ho to uh, – to get out there. I think you listen to my podcast with Shane Cook as he as he alluded to. Right. Uh, yep. he's he's about to lose to Lake Forest High School in the duel. Uh probably the first time in his coaching career from our, our buddy Matt over there. Matt no, does a wonderful well. job at Lake Forest. Yeah. yeah. Uh but you know, if anybody that knows Coach Cook, he's a very intensive uh, you know, I gotta win. And it's not a win at all costs, but he, he takes pride in winning. Uh and he, he alluded how, you know, it comes down to the last match. Uh, Nima and I are switching back and forth. And uh, how I put Nima on the whistle for the match that's going to decide the winner of the dual meet, uh, which could probably give him his first loss to Lake Forest. And, uh, you know, I, I was there. Um, I, I, Nima and I have been going back and forth. Uh, and we, you know, we were, we were, it was a very electrifying crowd. Right, and it wasn't that my ego was so big that I I could fix any call Nima made, but I I just had enough faith in Nima and the way people were wrestling and the crowd was into it. Uh, we should be able to get it right, you know. The two of us standing there, even though Nima would have been his second year, um, we should have been able to get it right in a duel like that. That was uh, really really going back and forth and competitive. So uh, he still makes fun of me about uh, you know, taking. I, I, Taking a way out to to put the pressure on the young, the new guy, so I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, your time coaching, um, I know you had, and it was years ago. You had a very competitive uh, dual meet one year with uh, Coach Cook and his team, and it was very electrifying um, to have a meet like that. I think it was going to decide the conference dual team champion. You came up a little short. Um, in that duel, but you, you've had some good rivalries uh, with Stevenson. I know you had a rivalries with uh, just about every grant coach that ever came sure, along sure. Uh, back in those days. How do you, you know, how do you look at an official? I know you said, you know, you, you've been getting good officials, but how is your approach to, a, to the officials in duels that are that tight? I mean, what is your mindset? Is it like, boy, we got to keep this official you know, out of making decisions that are that are going to sway this thing, or I can't let Coach Cook get in the official's head before I do. How do you approach that, yeah, as a Coach? I don't. I really don't pay a whole lot of attention to the officials, honestly. Um, I, and I think you will concur. I mean, I really don't say that much during the meet. I'm kind of focusing on our guys. And yeah, if something happens that um, you know that I didn't agree with. I might, I might say something. Yeah, but I think I'm pretty smart about, okay, this call could go either way and it didn't go our way, but it could have gone either way. So I'm really not going to, I don't think I ever totally get completely ripped off. So there's not really a sense of saying something at that time. Later on, as you know, I'll uh, be more than happy to send a video clip if there's something worth discussing. Uh, but no, I'm not trying to get in any official's head. Uh, I'm just trying to get my guys to wrestle their match, actually. And that's one thing I've noticed about your teams. Uh, like you and I have had a, a lot of discussions about that rear standing and, you know, you really push your wrestlers. If they're the guy behind, 
make the attempt. If you're not gonna if you're not gonna be successful, get out of it before the official puts a stall call on you. If you're the guy in front, like you said, dig your heels in and fight hard. Don't get pushed out of bounds. So I know you are, are one of those coaches that adjust to the rules yep. as written, and you just look for that consistency of how it's called so your wrestlers don't look back at you and says, wow, I did everything you, you've asked me. Yeah. Yeah, I like I say, I, I don't think there's um, too many calls that happen in one of our varsity meets where it's really worth – getting too excited about I might you know I might you know get something clarified at the table but I'm not going to flip out because it's never really that bad um so yeah I I we know the rules and we we coach to the rules and adjust to the rules and the rear stand was one of them didn't agree with it but we knew what it was so go with that yeah no and it's uh again like you know most of the guys in our county that ref uh around here uh i had a chance to do a podcast with a head coach wilbur barrero over at antioch and you talk about a difference you know in coaching styles uh wilbur's wilbur's teams wrestled to his emotional level (laughs) and his emotional level is always high strung uh and i you know he and i joke about that um to where you know a lot of guys give me libertyville you know if i say hey you want antioch tonight or libertyville Who's Antioch wrestling? Because they'll they'll know Coach Barrero's tolerance of the official based mm-hmm. on who he's wrestling. Whereas nobody ever says who's Libertyville wrestling. They'll just say, "Yeah, I, I don't mind going over there because you know they know they're gonna, you know, get a fair shake over at your place. There's not gonna be a lot of time in. You have some very knowledgeable parents and fans. Uh, True in the stands, you really do. You yeah, really do. thank you. Um, you know, and you're. You know, we always go back. We as officials joke, and uh, you had a state champion years ago, Mike Bauman, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always work. called him the Little Dale because he had the uncanny ability to just stay in position. We've always noticed your coaching style or when your wrestlers came out on the mat. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. You always kept them in good position to capitalize on other people's mistakes, but not make a lot on their own. We always looked at him as as, as that perfect example. Um, wasn't the most exciting guy to watch, no. but he got the job done. He he got the most out of his talent. When he went to college, he, just, he was recruited by uh, Northwestern because he was – the state champ, but he wasn't really division one athletic ability. But then how can a guy like that win a state championship? Because of what you say, he was smart and he didn't beat himself. And he was in great shape and he was strong. He went, he got the most out of it. No, and it, you know, you've had a lot of uh, exciting wrestlers, different wrestlers uh, through my career. Um, you know, and I, we've always just, you know, like I said, uh, people always just look at your program as one of those, those good places to go and cut your teeth. Um, because you, you, like you said, you didn't really, you don't fly off the handle at the ref. You don't make us feel unpleasant. Uh, when we do make a mistake, you'll, you'll bring it to our attention, but you don't do it in such a way. Um, we call you soft spoken, you know, you can get your point across without the yelling and the, uh, you know, the screaming and sometimes the name calling that goes with it. So, uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there guys to appreciate, um, that, you know, um, working in your building. You know, we know you, you're expecting, you know, good performance, but you're also not going to destroy us over it. So right, that's right. always been pleasant. Now let's talk about the girls real quick. Uh, 
not this season, you know, whether we have a season or don't have it this season, the girls have been given the nod to have a their own state championship in 2021-22. Do you see that? Because for some reason, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this is just what I see out there. We don't have a lot of girls wrestling in Lake County for some reason. You're right. You know, and like we had talked about before in the 90s, we were like the uh, wrestling, girl wrestling haven, but we have had so few since. In fact, the girl we have now is the first one we probably had in about in 15 years. So I'm just not seeing it. Girls aren't coming up to me and going, I'd really like to wrestle. Now, obviously, you're going to have to have at least two girls who can work out together if that's going to happen. We And we have had some girls in the June excuse me, in a junior high level, but by the time they're through a junior high, they're really not interested in doing the high school level. So I don't know if they say the interest is there. I know there's some really good girls in our state. That I know. Uh, I don't know if the numbers are there, but there's there's some quality. So I, 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 I like how they're doing it right now where they have that state tournament and we have state champions. I think that's good. Are you ever going to have a dual meet season? I'd I maybe, I guess, but I'm not seeing it. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Maybe if they said you got it, a coach specifically for girls on your staff, then maybe we would have girls coming out, but we don't right now. Yeah. And like I said, I, we just don't have an abundance. I know other conferences, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty big and the girls are coming out. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, and again, um, you know, maybe with this announcement, you know, people will do it. I know you guys, especially in North Suburban and Northern Lake County Conference up here. I know you guys really, really take pride in recruiting these kids um, to try to get them to come out and try the sports. Like you said, uh, we have a lot of middle school programs up here. Um, and you're one of those coaches, you know, it, it, we see you at the middle school event. You're not coaching, but you're there. Your presence is known. You're there watching, seeing how things are going on. You work tables at middle schools. You help out wherever you can help out. So. I know you, you know, have your finger on the pulse as to what's going on with these young people as far as, uh, you know, trying to keep them involved in the sport. So how have you, do you see the decline? Do you see our number drop? Do do you have maybe an answer to that? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I have an answer, but uh, about five years ago, you saw our numbers suddenly, very suddenly drop. Uh, for about two years, but then they pick right back up to where they always were and our junior highs are full and guys are willing to go to the high school. We just got to a point where enough guys who were pretty talented in junior high didn't want to do it and kind of brought some of the other guys down to not try it themselves. But now that we're, we're back and I'll tell you what, when we dropped, I wasn't doing anything different. I was spending the same amount of time with the junior high wrestlers running a summer camp, that kind of thing. Um, but I will say this, where I'm not, where you're not getting people out where you used to is uh, because there's so much other sports that's taken place in off seasons. Like there, there's no way I'm going to get a baseball player because they're all hitting at slammers, indoor hitting league and, uh, in, in leagues, those guys, it's a 12 month marketing thing for them. So they're going to make sure they get people out uh, lacrosse. They can do that 12 months a year. We've lost a lot of guys through that. Um, so I think the big problem is not the it's not the kids are getting softer. It's that they are being encouraged to do other sports year round and not try and wrestling like they would have years ago. Speaking of uh, other opportunities, are you 
of more of a mindset of a athlete who is a multi-sport athlete or are you seeing that wrestling is getting so tough we need that wrestler to we don't spe- we don't need uh, him to specialize to. in wrestling um, I'll, I'll give you a good example danny pacino um, great wrestler, fantastic wrestler, um, as good as we've ever had or, or better. Um, but he was a really good football player when he was a young kid. And he was a really good baseball player. If we're, if I were him, I would have stuck with football because they only got nine games and then they don't have anything else to do. <clears throat> and for the football players to not wrestle, I think there's, I think they're being really silly and lazy actually, because they're just not competing. I don't care what they're doing lifting wise. And if a wrestler's not lifting, shame on him. You need to be lifting in season. But for him in baseball, uh, they do so much of that. And he couldn't do any, any side. Like in the summertime, it wasn't, okay, I'm going to split my time between wrestling and baseball. It wasn't like that. It's like, you're, you're playing baseball and that's it. And uh, I don't think he would have been the wrestler that he could have been if he were involved in, in baseball, which is too bad because I was a football wrestler and baseball player myself all four years of high school. And, um, but then in the summertime, I could, I could do what I wanted to do. And um, I played on a, on a Legion team, but I told the coaches that if there's something wrestling, I'm, I'm going. And he goes, um, is that negotiable kind of thing? I go, no, I'm just telling you, if you want me, I'm, I'm leaving for any big wrestling event that comes first. And he goes, okay. And he took me anyway. and didn't probably didn't play as much as I should have, but I understood. Um, but I was able to do both. And I think that's, that's good. And with football and wrestling, you can do both. And I like track because track doesn't uh, really have you have to do every, anything in the off season. I used to like gymnastics, um, but then I had about three pretty good wrestlers that I encouraged to go out for gymnastics. And then they did. And then the following year, they said that they wanted to be the girls' gymnastics manager and not come out for wrestling. So I, I stopped <laughs> speaking up for that. But your your start as a wrestler uh, in your youth is a very interesting story. If you don't mind sharing that with us, sure. So I I grew up. I you know, I think I'm going to be a football, basketball, and baseball player for Libertyville High School. I lived a block away from the school. I went to I. I went to all those sports every chance I could, all any home thing and away thing if I could get a ride. Well, so um, uh, my brother though he's he, he's going to wrestle. He's wrestling when I'm in seventh grade. He's a freshman, and uh, I enjoy watching the meets. Uh, he was he was doing well. And then when I was an eighth grader, we, we got a new coach, Bob Bazard, former Iowa State All American, and eventually a 1972 uh, Greco Roman Olympian at 149, uh, took over the head coaching job. And when I would show up to the meets, obviously he's looking to the future himself. And uh, he sees me walk in there, probably ask, you know, somebody who I was, Dave Eggert's brother. And so he comes over and he goes to me, he goes, uh, hey, what are you doing uh, next year for sports? And I go, uh, football and baseball and probably basketball. And he gets this uh, ski look on his face and I kind of um, – uh, took a shot at basketball and says, you need to wrestle. And you know what? It's nice having a high school coach say something to you. So I considered it. He actually started a spring program uh, Saturday mornings for six weeks. And I went there and I was doing pretty well. And um, I still might've done basketball except for uh, there was a really good basketball player in my class whose father happened to be the head varsity coach and who was better than me, no, no doubt about it. And so I'm thinking, you know what? Things started lining up, and I decided to go off for wrestling and uh, took to it right away. 
No, no, no. Wrestling's grateful for you not uh, becoming a basketball player. I would have washed out um, quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you and I have been around a lot of uh, good coaches. I know your, your, your wrestling career has been in this county. Um, mine was in this county. I didn't go as far as uh, a lot of people. I just had fun with it and uh, decided officiating was going to be my forte. Um, but we've seen a lot of good, good programs. We've seen a lot of good uh, coaches come out. We've seen some, you know, we've seen our, our, our fair share of officials uh, come out of uh, our county. Um, always take pride in, in what our county does. Um how do you see things? I know we, we talked about, you know, we went from a conference tournament to the Lake County tournament. How do you, how have things in your mind evolved? Are we getting better for it? Are we getting, getting the most out of the athletes for it? Are we going, you know, in your mind or your opinion, are we going in the right direction? Yeah, I think, I think wrestling's uh, very healthy. I know the numbers concern people, but if you listen to my my opinion as far as why, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's not anything that wrestling's doing wrong. It's the fact that other sports, which are easier in a lot of respects, are locking into them early, um, making that finance, getting the financial commitment out of them, and um, there's nothing you can really do about it. I don't really think you can wrestle year-round the way you can play baseball year-round or play soccer year-round. It would just grind on young kids but but they seem to do it in these other sports i don't think it's good for is i don't think it's good for the kid but it happens so the jv soccer coach and i get these guys that committed to soccer when they were like in fourth grade and uh they don't make the varsity when they're a senior and they can't believe it because they've been playing so long but and i know we're a really good pro but um i think they're not doing them any favors by making them think you got to play their sport year round. So it's not wrestling. I think wrestling's doing really well. I already told you the officials, I think, are doing a lot better. I like how you guys are educating each other so well, uh, are listening to coaching. You know, 20 years ago, if I if I showed up with a camera uh, to sell to an official, they, they didn't want to look at it. They're like, I made the call, and that's the way it is. Well, now um, I can't recall the last time some official said, I, I, don't, I don't even want to look at it. They've always looked at it, and I think that's just a really good trend. Uh, so, yeah, we're doing really well. Yeah, about 20 years ago, I I, I would agree with you. Um, I don't want to say we were arrogant. I think you have to have a little bit of arrogancy, a little bit of cockiness uh, to be good at anything, coaching, officiating. You know, you really have to have confidence in yourself. But uh, about, I'd say about 20, 25 years ago, we were pretty – I wasn't happy with our relationship, coach official relationship. Right. I thought it was, I thought it was too adversarial. Right. Um, Great. And I, I and I hope that you know I hope we're turning that around. Definitely, absolutely. Um, good, because uh, you know a lot of excuses I get from uh, officials who don't want to stick around. You know the parents are too hard on them, the fans are too hard on them, the coaches are just all over their case, and and I, I know it's hard for me to see. Um, from my level sometimes. I mean, I try to do a lot of lower level. Um, I try to, you know, sometimes I have to, I have to, you know, peel a coach back like, like an onion. Sometimes it's not a pleasurable thing to do, but it's one of those things. Um, we got, we got some young upstarts out there who um, are just over aggressive. And, right. you know, I always look at them and say, you know what, I, I think I got the rule pretty down, pretty good. And if you're going to rip me, 
on a rule that you can't explain back to me. Right. What are you doing to a first and second year guy? And they just stand there with their mouths open, like, how dare you? You know, yeah. you know, I, I, I wrestled for this person or that person. I said, well, that, that, that's, that's not the rule book, you know? Right. So I get where they're coming from, but I, I, I'm a little bit disappointed when people quit for, that reason it's got to be the same for you as a coach you know when a kid just tells you like you just alluded to this is a hard sport right you know right. for somebody to say oh i don't have to work this hard in another sport i think i'm going over there instead so i think you kind of feel that same pressure you know but i i think for for three months three and a half months uh i i think a kid would do has no problem with it well provided they're not cutting too much weight and provided the other sport <clears throat> will allow him to do it um I, I think wrestling's hard, but I don't think it's too hard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Provided they don't have other things getting in the way. You know, getting back to what you're saying as far as the... One second, I got a cough. <clears throat> um, I would hope that an official or maybe the official's mentor would be able to go to the head coach or maybe to the athletic director and saying, you know, your, your coach was a great wrestler, but He's really hard on officials. If he would like to have a conversation with them, they would be willing to do that. But the way they're just screaming, <clears throat> it's not even that the guy doesn't know the rule. It's that um, just how he's presenting um, his case is not is not correct. And in other words, I would hate to see a guy leave without trying to address it with that particular coach. Yeah, and that's how I feel. Um, and I do, as a signer, I do try to step in and, and, and help. And you you guys have heard me as the head coaches at our postseason meetings saying, hey, you know, my, our numbers are down. Um, we really need, you know, all the help we can get. And, sure. you know, I we've been, we've been taking a lot of look at it. Um, our county is kind of unique. Um, because of the schools I would love to recruit from. You guys, you know, you got good education system yeah. where these kids are going off to college. Absolutely. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not keeping them here to get them involved. I mean, and that's a testament to to the uh, the education in our county. Right. Right. Um, but, boy, it's hard to recruit. It really is. Right. Um, right. I've been starting to recruit the kids, at least getting them involved uh, to do the you know, we used to have a lot of IK clubs in our county. Um, those are kind of uh, going by the wayside. But that was one of my my things where I could get people, hey, you know, go over here and make a couple of bucks for yourself on Sunday, you know, because uh, they let you get a license at 17. And, you know, maybe if you come back and, you know, once you get your life settled and, you know, you'll have a head start jumping on the mat. But, right. you know, our clubs are, are I don't know what's happened, but we've lost a lot of clubs and, and well, a lot of our opportunities. Gone. Yeah, I, I can tell you exactly what's happening. They're going to the junior high. The junior highs are getting involved in the ISA, and it's just a really good organization, a great state tournament. Um, the clubs are, I'm telling you, IKWF has got a lot of quality, but it doesn't have the quantity it did because they're all in junior highs. Yeah, and I, I, I've, I've kind of seen that, especially in our area. Um we have a lot of, I mean, we got, we got junior highs now competing with, with high school refs on a Saturday. Right. Uh, because the junior highs, the gym is big enough or they got enough teams. I mean, you go to a school like Deer Path. I mean, he's got like what I call a wrestling gym. Yeah. He runs a huge tournament. Yeah. Um, I think he runs that like regional sectional weekend and it, you know, it's hard getting him quality over there, but I get it. Right. I get him the people that he needs. Uh, there's a lot of schools that just, they run the tournaments. Uh, there's junior highs going, 
three, four nights a week. Um, I know you got a couple of uh, outstanding junior high programs that, uh, that, that really promote wrestling. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled with those guys. You know, I, I, I get your dilemma because IK always goes on Sunday, but uh, ISA, they can get their gyms on Saturday, and that's that's where you get doubled up on, on the officials. But, yeah, our, our um, two junior highs, once they got Highland and Oak Grove, once they got involved in the ISA, their program has uh, greatly improved. Both programs have greatly improved, and they've really helped our numbers as well. For a while there – uh, when there was no Vernon Hills High School, we had Hawthorne, uh, Highland, and Oak Grove feeding us. And uh, Highland, or Hawthorne was the only one that was in the ISA. The majority of our guys came from there. And then when Vernon Hills came, we lose them. And, you know, it took us a little while to get the, uh, our two junior highs involved with the ISA, but it was a good move once we did. Yeah, I remember those days. Uh, Hawthorne was like uh, Libertyville alumni. Sure. Uh, running those programs over there. And kind of like we still got uh, one of your ex-wrestlers, uh, Tony Carlson, over there. Sure. Uh, he's al- he's always been a fun guy to, uh, to uh, you know, when he was a wrestler, he was fun to officiate. And, yeah. You know, now, now he's a wacky. I, I'm going to call him a wacky coach. He's a wacky coach. He's fun. Yeah, uh, he cares. He, yeah. Oh, man. He's, <laughs> he, he's got the passion. Yes, he, he does. He really does. And uh, he gets a lot out of his kids. I mean, yes, I, he does. It, it's really, you know, he's a. Uh, Freshman coach now at the, at the high school, and I know he's doing it. Uh, it's always fun seeing guys like that, uh, you know, because now I, I'm at that point in my career. A lot of the coaches around in our area, um, the younger guys are guys that, that I had to referee. So it's 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 a diff it's a different atmosphere, you know. When they when they want to approach me and says, "Can I ask you about that call?" You know, you know, because you can you can see the hesitant. You know, I'm the same guy that, that yeah. probably got you out of regionals or, or sectionals or, you know, got a match or two downstate with you. Now you got to come over and ask this old right. guy, you know, <laughs> are you are you sure about that call? So it's always fun to watch them. And I always have to tell them, look, come on over here. I'm human. You yeah. know, you, you may have seen something that I that I just totally, you know, didn't see because of positioning or, you know, your question may be legit. So I after almost 38 years on the mat, I'm still learning. You know, I sure. find myself still learning from these guys. Uh, those, like you said, if you if a coach can package it right and approach the official right, uh, we do have fun out there. Yeah, yeah. With each other, um, and that that's the part I I want to instill in the guys behind us. And and so you know, we don't have that 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 thirty forty year official. We don't see those guys anymore. Um, right. You know, we had we had some good guys out there like a Tim Dodge who sure. was just Tim was just a uh, a full student. I mean he he was a competitor, he had coached, um he was an outstanding referee. He got it from all angles and he was one of those guys, even though I was a little bit further along in our careers because he came in late, but he was a great mentor in the sense he always he always uh found something like we would ride together to a lot of the events and he'd be like, all right, who are the teams here and what are the head coaches first and last names? We would, he would drill that in, in, into himself and into me because it says you always want to be, yes, we, we, we call you guys coaches, you know, Hey coach, how you doing? Coach Edgar, um, as a sign of respect, but he says it's always good, you know, in his, in his, how he approached it to be able to talk to you, you know, be it via first name or or know something about you coming in the building. Um, 
so he can break the ice if, if yeah. you're meeting for the first time. So he always looked at it that way. Um, you do a nice thing that, that we appreciate. Uh, you get a list because I'm your assigner. You get a list of who your officials are. And you'll send us a little welcome aboard letter. Yeah, um, try, try, to, try to make sure we got all the bases covered because I got enough things to worry about for that meet. I want the official to know exactly what the, what the, what the uh, program is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's uh, – that is uh, – Again, like I said, uh, you know, I never have problems getting someone to want to come to a Libertyville High School. I got a couple of places. Yeah, I, I have to go myself sometimes <laughs> just because, you know, it would be like that. <laughs> yeah, the coach is a little bit, you know, a little bit more difficult on the uh, on the faint of heart. You know, sure. and again, you know, I, I, I don't mind, uh, but as I is my old knees and, and things start to bother me, it's uh is going to get less and less. And uh, this pandemic is not helping, you know, in the sense of, right. you know, I don't, I have less seasons ahead of me than behind, you know, right. and I don't want to lose out on any. So uh, I, I'm yep. going to be willing to do what I can out there. Uh, we're going to bring this to a close, but uh, I'm going to throw another little trivia thing out there. Um, it is rumored that you, for some reason, know every high school mascot in the state of Illinois. Uh, I used to, I don't, and I never made any claims for class A. I was pretty good with them, but class double A people are, and well now triple A people used to quiz me all the time. And I, I used to have them. I'm pretty good, but I'm, I, you could, you could get me now 20, 25 years ago. You couldn't get me. I mean, was that just like a, a challenge you made to yourself? Uh, not really. I, it was like, if I saw a school and I didn't know their mascot, I'd look it up. And once I had it, I've got a pretty good memory anyway, so I just got it. And then um, if I meet somebody for the first time and they're like from some downstate school, I go, uh, I met some woman one time. She goes, yeah, from Alton. I go, yeah, the Redbirds. She goes, you know Alton High School? I go, no, but I know you're the Redbirds. <laughs> she got the biggest kick out of that. So from that point on, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to start doing that all the time and uh, have fun with them. So Yeah, yeah it was another little and I don't know if your fellow coaches ever shared this with you, but uh, people always had to be prepared uh, from my coaching days and just listening to stories of coming to a seating meeting with you because you would know your opponent's records. You would know where they wrestled. Uh, you were not a person to come to a seating meeting. And, 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 and I could get away with saying, yeah, my guy's uh, 19 and one because you would know exactly how well, many I wins he, he had. Going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that just part of your, your prep? Um, not as much as you think. I think a lot of it is, again, good memory. Um, I just, yeah, I I just have it. Now, here's the problem, though. The problem is, especially back in the early 2000s when our conference came together with uh, the remaining Northwest Conference schools, and we're a pretty big conference, and we've had seating meetings, and a lot of guys knew that they, we got got a lot of people talking, okay, and a lot of guys knew that, uh, well, they, they didn't do their homework and they want their guy to get a seed. And so they got nothing to go on. So all they do is talk. And so I would kind of put them in their place and try to get this, you know, land a plane. And they get all mad at me thinking I'm trying to get one over on them. And I'm just trying to get the meeting going because I find it pretty boring when guys are just like giving you a line of bull and not backing it up with facts. So I got a little couple confrontations that I think I was on the right side of them because it's not about, it's not about getting an advantage. It's about 
stop stop giving a lot of hot air and um, get to the stick to the facts. Yeah. So, and again, I mean, uh, we appreciate how you approach, you know, your coaching and, and how you approach us. So um, I, I'll give you an A for you are very consistent um, in, in those of us that have had the ability to uh, have you sit in the chair um, and, and be part of your team success or, you know, defeats at the time. Uh, you never, you know, you and I've had a lot of conversations over the years. Sure. And sure. Uh, you've never uh, made me feel unpleasant at the end of a conversation. We, we've agreed to disagree right. sometimes. Um, it's okay. But, as long as I've yeah. been heard, that's okay. Yeah. And I think we've always, uh, you know, at least I've come out of it, you know, feeling a little bit better. And like, yeah, you know too. what, let me go home and think about what he said. And, uh, you know, and I bounce it off of people and they're like, you know, and you've heard from us, you know, like, I don't know, Dale, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, it's a good idea, but that's a tough one, you know? So you, you've been a sounding board, uh, you know, both ways for us also. Sure. So. Um, in concluding this, uh, conversation, uh, I want to turn the floor over to you and, uh, what advice would you give? Uh, first of all, it's going to be a two-part question. What advice would you give to that new official starting out? And then I'll ask you another question at, at the end of that statement. Well, um, you guys have such a great educational, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, program. I guess you'd call it educational program for young officials. T- certainly take advantage of it. Uh, don't think that you're going to know all the answers right away, but but – you're going to get better. You're going to keep getting better. It'd be nice to have a mentor uh, from an official. It'd be nice to have a mentor from a coach. Like, uh, like, okay, I would be happy to be a young official's mentor and answer any questions from a coach's perspective, but they also need one from an official's perspective. Um, be in for the long haul. And if a guy, like I was saying before, if um, a coach is giving you the business, uh, which you think is way too much, don't just let it drop because he's going to keep doing it. Go to start with his head coach. If that doesn't work, uh, talk with the AD and say, this is not right. You know, um, I'm feeling uncomfortable as an official. The ADs don't want to lose the officials. So I think if you don't get it from the head coach, you'll get it from the, um, from the AD. And as long as they're willing to talk things over like you and I have so many times, uh, they're, they're going to get whatever they made wrong, they're going to get right. And if a coach is only going to, you know, raz a guy, but not be willing to sit down and talk about it legitimately. If, you know, a lot of times my guys, when they feel like they got ripped off, but then later they find, they find that the ref said he made a mistake. That is all they needed to hear. They just don't want to think, well, the ref thinks he's right. When we got film that says he's not Um, be willing to admit when you're wrong. It's not the end of the world. Now, part two of that question, um, and you sat in our clinics, we have a lot of officials who want to get to the state tournament, and you've sure. spent a lot of time down there, so you know um, what's required in the quality of and the steed of that official. What advice as a, as a coach can you give to that official who's who's feeling frustrated um, you know, trying to get to the sectionals and, and trying to get to the state tournament? Well, um, you know, I'd say follow, talk to Jason Hardell and find out how he did it. Because like I said, he has uh, fast-tracked himself and he is certainly worthy of being on the state floor. I wouldn't have said that five years ago. He is 
he has come light years in such a short period of time. I think it's the fact that he's willing to learn from both the coaches and the officials. He's going to all the educational stuff. Um, he's got a good temperament and he's willing to admit when he was all the things that I was saying, I think he does. All right. Well, coach, I, again, uh, we've had a long conversation. Uh, I'll do a couple of editings and get some of our technical difficulties removed, but, uh, I want to thank you for, uh, donating your time tonight and, uh, hopefully we have a season. Hopefully we do. uh, (laughs) We can continue to have, uh, make some history out there. You bet. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure and follow me on Instagram, ILWrestlingRef, or you can follow me on Twitter at AssignerGuy, A-S-S-I-G-N-R-G-U-I, to be notified of new podcast episodes. Thank you and have a great day.